What is going on, brothers of discussion? This is Big Kevin Fanboy Dave, episode 3-0. It's the Big 30. Fanboy Dave, how was your weekend, my man? Uh, weekend was pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of people always said um, when the NFL ends, but now, this weekend, we got the XFL. You know, the Rock's been promising, you know, this league. It's going to be great for spring football and it started yesterday and today, and, um, you know, I'll get some used to it, but it is football, so it's good to see um, football still going on even after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. It's The Rock explained it very well at the Dallas game yesterday. He said he's given the opportunity, the players are bringing the dream, and uh, let's play some ball. And, uh, yeah, Coach Stoops, the old OU coach, is coaching the Arlington Renegades. They got the win yesterday. Unfortunately, we just saw Heinz Ward and the San Antonio Brahmas lose as they were uh, up in the game up until the last point, and then St. Louis uh, won. Pretty good uh, football. Of course, that's only their first game. A great crowd in San Antonio. We just got done watching that. I I'm looking forward to it. Of course, it's a partnership with the NFL. They're kind of be like the minor league, if you will, developmental league of the NFL. So ho hopefully some good things will happen. I mean, Look at the P.J. Walker story. He went in and started for the Carolina Panthers several games this year um, after Baker left. And then, you know, they had they were having some issues with injuries. So, man, you never know what player will show up and show out at the NFL level from the XFL. Championship game is going to be in San Antonio this year for the XFL. So Yeah, the fix is in. The San Antonio are the Brahmas and the Rock is the Brahma Bull. So I'm ready to call the fix is in. San Antonio will be in the championship. Oh, man, absolutely. Hey, but before the game taking place today, we had the anticipated Elimination Chamber premium live event on Saturday. And I got to tell you, Fanboy Dave, I haven't been this excited as a whole in WWE for a while. And I'm talking about over 10, 15 years. Uh, me personally, they are on a rocket ship going to the moon because the storylines that they have, it's it's must-see TV week in and week out. And the Royal Rumble we went to was great. The Elimination Chamber did not disappoint. What say you about the overall Elimination Chamber this past Saturday? Well, like I've always stated, uh, WWE is the mecca. Triple H um, being the head of creative has just brought out the fandom and every WWE uh, fan or WWE universe person. And... Um, the way that it's just been booking with the bloodline the last 10 months and even to show that booking is would say a lot better because Triple H doesn't have the years that Vince McMahon had, but the anticipation of being even better is when we saw that uh, WrestleMania being pretty much a sellout before even a card was named and, um, this uh, huge crowd from Montreal uh, for Elimination Chamber didn't disappoint. And um, that's what we'll be talking about, you know, Elimination Chamber recap. But just uh, the excitement for the pay-per-view overall, not just for the Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns match, but I think as a whole in being in, uh, in Montreal, uh, Quebec, Canada, or, um, I mean, being out there is just um, amazing. Yeah, I think we're going to get the excitement as we have Money in the Bank in London this year. The excitement of the fans that don't typically get to see this product um, as the U.S. does. So, and Montreal was no exception. That was pretty neat. Hey, let's get into it, man. The Women's Elimination Chamber. We had Oscar taking on Carmella, Raquel Rodriguez, Nikki Cross, Natalia, and Liv Morgan. Uh, my takeover of the match was it was pretty good. We had Liv Morgan. Uh, starting out, and she was the number one participant with Natalia, and then followed by Raquel Rodriguez, Nikki Cross, Carmella, and then Asuka was the order of the girls, one through six. Any person that you thought was MVP of this match? We thought, going into this, that Carmella could be the hill. So you have your traditional hill taking on a baby face like Bianca Belair. And again, the winner of this goes on to WrestleMania, but Carmella fell short. Oscar ends up getting the W and moving on to WrestleMania, taking on Bianca Belair. 
let me rewind back and tell you who my MVP was because I, I asked you that question. My MVP is someone I have not given much love to, fanboy. You're going to be surprised potentially by this. Liv Morgan, I thought, really stood out in this match. She did some things in the ring that was uh, unbelievable. Um, but ultimately, my girl Asuka, who I've been praising for a long time, gets the win. I do like this move with her taking on Bianca Belair at Mania 39. Yeah, I have to agree with you on Liv being the the woman superstar of the night in the Elimination Chamber match. But as we had talked about, like, one of our first, you know, a podcast, I told you, like, the best thing that ever happened to Liv Morgan was the Riot Squad breaking up and Ruby Soho, you know, leaving and then Sarah Logan leaving to have a baby that it basically left Liv Morgan to um, practice her craft a little bit better because out of the three, she was, and and no disrespect, was the weakest link of, of the Riot Squad. I mean, she was the pretty face and everything, but she really did not know how to wrestle. And I think basically when the Riot Squad was dissolved and they all moved on, that Liv had to bet on herself and be like, if I want to be world champion, you know, because she always wanted to be SmackDown women's champion, she's got to do it. And, you know, the story falls on. She gets better. She gets the opportunity. She becomes a champion. And she's just been putting on great match after great match. And so it's just kudos to her hard dedication and work to be out there. And just like her song says, watch me. I mean, she's telling you from the jump, like, hey, watch me. And she did phenomenal. Again, I think Corey might be listening to our show because he just said potential megastar with uh, Raquel, who I'm big and high on, and she will be a megastar, um, not only in the uh, Hispanic community, but I think overall for uh, girls wanting to be um, in the WWE and into professional wrestling. I'm high on Raquel as well, man. She's got a good look. Uh, she's very pretty. And I think she has a future for sure. She just has a, like a, a good like personality. It comes across genuine on camera. But Asuka taking on Bianca Belair. Fanboy, check this out. We have four NXT women all in the championship. We had Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, all from NXT. Asuka started out in NXT. Bianca Belair, NXT. Interesting touch there. Hey, we're going to move on. Brock Lesnar taking on Bobby, the almighty Lashley. And this match completely disappointed for me. It wasn't much of a show because Brock Lesnar got a DQ by low-blowing Bobby Lashley and losing the match. And after he lost the match uh, with a, a disqualification, it didn't look pretty for the referee, Bobby, the announcer table, <laughs> the chairs, everything. He completely destroyed uh, everything and anything around the ring. Yeah, I, I have to disagree with you. I kind of enjoyed the match because I just don't think they wanted to just uh, end it on the third one. There had to be some controversy with WrestleMania um, like 52 days away. And did Bobby get uh, screwed or hosed? He sure did. Uh, Brock was in trouble. I mean, they both did power moves to each other and everything. And um, yeah, Brock was struggling with the almighty. And I think they just want a better payoff in maybe like a, uh, maybe not a hell in a cell match, steel cage, or maybe like a no holds bar match coming up or no DQ, something where you can have a finale and instead of just a regular um, standard um, match where you can win by pinfall or uh, by submission. So I think it was smart on WWE not to. Um, not to just have a queen, uh, sorry, a clean winner, and just to go with um, this controversy because Bobby can still come out on Monday night and say, Brock, you're scared of me, and that's why you had to cheap shot your way out and this and that and just keep building the story up for payday if they decide to go with Lashley and Brock at Mania. Yeah, I completely agree, and you took the words out of my mouth. I'm thinking this could be a payoff later down the road at Mania, a no disqualification makes a lot of sense. And I think we're going to get some suspensions here. Um, you know, after attacking the ref, 
is will be a storyline to take Brock Lesnar off TV for a while because now we have Bray Wyatt who had made the challenge. Whoever came out and won the Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar match, he is challenging them. So it looks like we're going to get Bobby Lashley and Bray uh, in the meantime, in between time. But I definitely feel and I definitely agree with you um, that we're going to see Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar in the ring again. Hey, next match coming up, man. Edge and Beth Phoenix taking whoa, on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow it down. Slow it down, Big Kev. Let's 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 rewind a little bit. Going back to the Bray Wyatt, how he just came out. Like that's out of the blue. And what's so interesting is now I guess he's with himself and he's in control. Like he came out and said. So now him Uncle Howdy are together. So does that play a factor in if he's going after Bobby Lashley now since he won via disqualification? Or does Bray Wyatt just come out and go after Bobby? Interesting. Yeah, I think it's still Bobby. Um, it just seems WWF-like, WWE-like to go after Bobby Lashley here. Not sure what the chemistry looks like. I, I personally don't see the chemistry with Bobby. He's pretty stiff. He's getting a lot better in his in-ring work, you know, this past year and a half. So I will give him that. But I felt like I've seen this match before and it just didn't sit right. But again, new character, new development, new storylines with what what's going on with Bray. And again, that being said with Bobby, getting better. Maybe this time around, it will be better. Not sure about Brock Lesnar and Bray. That would be very interesting. I'm kind of more intrigued by that. However, it doesn't look like what we're going to get. And you're right. Uncle Howdy coming out, uh, teaming up with Bray. That's interesting. That's definitely good storytelling there. Um, of course, we don't know who Uncle Howdy is yet still. Could it could it help push the narrative that we've been seeing in the background to get the hurt business back together? I think so. That is a good point. And so this does all make sense when you're talking about this because I do see Bray and Bobby for those reasons. Now you got Uncle Howdy teaming up with Bobby. Maybe now we got MVP and we you get mean the Bray. You mean Bray? Bray? I'm sorry. Yeah, Bray and Bobby um, fighting. But now we get MVP. You're right in the background backstage interviews you see him in the background talking to shelton benjamin and uh, quite a lot and and so you might see the hurt business i mean they're putting some hints out there for sure but we'll have to wait and see you know there's no other pay-per-view coming up except for mania so this could be a week to week until we get to mania deal until we do get brock or maybe we don't yes. get brock maybe Six we get bray. Away. yeah maybe we get bobby and bray up mania um, or the hurt business by then uh, speaking of Bray, we're going to see Firefly uh, Funhouse coming up on SmackDown. Just going to throw that out there since we did just touch on Bray. Hey, let's get to the Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Judgment Day. Man, Judgment Day. And it got going pretty quick. This match was definitely entertaining. I thought the crowd was entertaining as they were booing and cussing out Dominic Mysterio. Man, he got some real heat there. Uh, no, they don't like them there in Montreal for sure. Uh, but we ended up getting Edge and Beth Phoenix defeating Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley via pinfall. A couple things that stood out in the match to me was that double power bomb was pretty cool with Rhea and Beth Phoenix. Uh, Beth Phoenix, of course, power bombing Finn Balor. Hadn't seen that before while Rhea Ripley power bombed Edge. So that was kind of cool. This looks like this is closing the door to Edge and Beth Phoenix and Judgment Day. Yeah, um, they had to get close to that just because, you know, uh, seeing um, Edge uh, always lose uh, to the Judgment Day, and there has to be uh, separation because, I mean, even though we've seen it for a few months now, I don't think the WWE Universe is tired of it yet, but it, it's it's on the cusp. And so you have to have a conclusion. And what better way to do that with having Edge uh, tag with his uh, wife in real life um, to get the win. And um, the, the match was really, really good. You know, Rhea Ripley uh, was strong in there, and so was Beth. And What did you think about Rhea's facials? I think she kind of was over the top on some of those facials, you know, like kind of huffing and puffing and really rolling her eyes on some of those drops. It was It was kind of funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny. And then when they did the double – Submission hold together, and it looks like Finn's about to tap out, and Rhea grabs his hand so he doesn't tap out. That was great. 
<laughs> and you know, Dom just being Dom and throwing in the, the brass nuts, but throwing them too far. Yeah, Dom is getting a lot of heat. And you know, for all the hate that he's getting, you know, because he is just a typical superstar that people want to see get beat up. And people can say, Oh, I don't like seeing Dom on TV, but if he's getting a reaction and making you angry to say obscenities, he's doing his job, and that's why he'll get more TV time. So I think Dom is doing a great job, which I didn't think back in the day whenever he was trying to be a bad guy that it would work, but it's working. Hey, who also is making their role felt was in the men's elimination chamber match with the Judgment Day, and that was Damian Priest. As we move on, we have Austin Theory, Damian Priest, like I just said, Montez Ford, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, and Seth freaking Rollins. I thought this match was absolutely a blockbuster. Uh, this was a great match. I got me excited. There was definitely some, some spots. Got me on the edge of the seat. MVP to me has to be coming out of this was Montez Ford. Unbelievable. Towards the end of the match, Montez Ford got uh, stomped out by Seth Rollins. And I hope he's okay. I hope it, it was just part of the storyline. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, man, he got concussed, it looked like. Or at least that's what they're storylining it to be. I thought the power bomb that looked like Johnny Gargano was going to take off one of the, the pods from Seth freaking Rollins ended up turning to be a from Johnny Gargano, flipped him over. That was a killer spot and got everyone excited in the arena. And I cannot be dismissed when we saw – those super kicks happening to Bronson Reed. They had, if I'm not mistaken, we had Montez Ford, and I think it was Johnny Gargano that gave him a super kick each. And then Seth Rollins came in there and gave him a super kick each. And then all, all three of them together. And then we got the the uh, curb stop, and then we had Montez Ford flying off the top rope to eliminate Bronson Reed. I thought that was a great spot as well. What do you make of all this? And as you know, I'm going to go ahead and just Throw it out there, Austin Theory ends up getting the W uh, with a little help from a little somebody that running in. I'll let you talk about it. This match overall was a great match, high intensity, good spots. Bronson Reed, because I, you know, we had talked about like big dude, how he's going to do in the chamber. I mean, he did really, really well in the chamber. Uh, Johnny Gargano did great. Um, Montez Ford just went up to the top and started climbing like Spider-Man and just doing like a free fall on all the participants. I mean, it was just uh, amazing. I I hate to put his partner on notice, but, um, Angelo Dawkins. Yeah. Angelo, it's, it's coming, bro. It's coming. I mean, Montez Ford is a star. He, I mean, the fans are just behind him. He is so athletic. I mean, he has money written all over him. And don't get me wrong, Dawkins has gotten a lot better too, but there's a reason why Montez uh, won his qualifying match and Dawkins didn't. And, and it's not to say it's disrespect, but at the, it's Montez Ford is just a better athlete, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinion. And he did shine out tonight. I don't, I don't think um, he was really concussed. I think that's part of the storyline due to the fact that it let the elimination chair or um, door open for a long period of time. And then Seth Rollins looks like he's about to get the win. And then uh, Logan Paul uh, comes out and basically just goes after him and gives him a stomp and basically closes the door and lets Theory do A-Town down because Theory is the now and still, you're reigning, defending United States champion, A-Town down. Boy, man, Austin Theory. So this definitely sets up a potential John Cena at Mania. What we talked about, this could potentially be, right? But we did get some news post-conference, didn't we? And we have Edge opening and accepting the open challenge, I should say, that Austin Theory made at the post-conference interview and looks like we're going to get edge taking on austin theory this monday night in ottawa canada that's going to be huge because it's in canada again edge being a fan favorite there man holy cow here we go this tells us that edge and them 
with the judgment day, he's definitely moved on because he's moving on and he's got his eyes set on some gold here. Yeah, I, I would like I said, this match was great. Um, I think Austin Theory winning um, is perfect too because um, he's he's been a greatest champion and um, having somebody else win, I don't think would have made sense. And uh, so kudos to WWE for keeping the strap on Austin Theory. They had some really good performers there. Um, I was really impressed, to be honest, with this. It's not your traditional, you got your big stars in there, Batista, HBK, Undertaker. I mean, these are all, you could argue, somewhat mid-card guys, other than Seth Rollins as a main eventer, of course. But all these guys really showed up and showed out. I was thoroughly impressed with Damian Priest, what he was doing in the ring. Bronson Reed, all these guys really brought their A-game, I thought. And I was uh, very happy with this match. Um, was potentially the future future main event stars because Austin Theory, very um, true. Bobby Lashley has said in interviews and everything, if he keeps the course and stays hungry, he may be the biggest star ever, bigger than John Cena. He's got the look, he's got the personality. Damian Priest has always been a a, a good uh, wrestler, you know, WWE superstar. He can hold a championship. He's doing phenomenal in the Judgment Day and Bronson Reed. Ever since he got let go and he came back, that dude's just mean and nasty. I and loved it when the crowd, you know how the crowd chants one more time, one more time. Well, Bronson Reed gave him the finger, man. It was awesome. Like shove it. He's like, it was shove, shove it. it. Yeah, shove it up. It was great. It was a good hill move. Hey, man, let's get to it, man. We've been eyeing this match for a very long time, especially since the Royal Rumble when Sammy turned on Roman Reigns. And we get the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. And to start out, Roman Reigns comes down. He's getting the booze. He's getting the F.U. Romans. And then we get the hometown boy, Sami Zayn, with a huge pop. And the crowd goes berserk. This match right here, fanboy, tells me that Sami Zayn can definitely hang with the best. And But at the same time, it... Roman Reigns just looked like a star. And so it really did both for both men. I like how the storytelling was happening with Roman Reigns, you know, looking at Sami Zayn's wife right there in front row, telling her, hey, you could have been here with me. I was taking you to the top and Sami had to mess up and turn on him. Um, I like how they were still telling that story of the, the turn between the two during the match. I thought this was a great match, man. It looked like Sami Zayn was going to get the win several times. The referee gets knocked out, and another referee gets knocked out. Man, we get Jimmy coming down, interfering. We get Jay coming in. It was all good stuff, man. Paul Heyman even got in the ring trying to attack or Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens came down as well. Of course, we did see that coming. We, we, we knew something was going to come up. We've been talking about it, that there was probably going to be a Kevin Owens coming down to help Sami Zayn because – of the bloodline getting involved. Notice we did not see Solo last night. I found that very interesting. But we did see Jimmy attacking Sammy. And I'm all over the place. Help me out here. But man, I enjoy this match thoroughly. But at the end of the night, Roman Reigns defeats Sami Zayn via pinfall to retain the title. I always got to reel you back because you like giving out the ending without giving out the, the appetizers. I just don't know how much time we got on this. <laughs> We got as much time as we need. So right. the thing that got me from jump, because um, I don't know if you saw Sami Zayn's uh, press conference afterwards, but the first five minutes, just a stare down, nothing, no, no tying up, and the ovation of the crowd still being in it because Roman Reigns was taking his time, like just thinking, talking to himself, and the fans were just going at it and still cheering. And almost like an ovation, and nothing happened. It were just two superstars looking at each other. And when I saw that, it kind of reminded imagine. me when it was Rock versus Hogan, when they're just staring at each other at WrestleMania. Like the crowd is split. Obviously, this crowd's not split because they're in Montreal, Sammy's hometown. And you could just tell that they were just ready for to implode. Um, and to get the match started, but it was for five minutes and some change before they did anything, and the fans were still rowdy. Um, the spots that Sammy did, I mean, 
if anybody doesn't think that Sammy can be a main eventer last or Saturday, yeah, yesterday, today's Sunday. Yes, last night proved that he is a main eventer and he could be a world champion. And the things that he did with the Tribal Chief, I mean, it, it was an amazing match. I mean, it was great. Um, even, you know, Roman, like, spearing him a few times and Sammy getting the shoulder up or Sammy doing the Luma kick and the Blue Thunder Bomb and getting that two and, you know, three quarters, almost three. Uh, the emotion of Sammy and Roman was great. And the fans, and when Roman is getting booed, Roman's talking to himself, he's like, you're booing me? Like, I'm the tribal chief. You know, I'm I'm the reason y'all are here and this and that. Like, he, he should get an Oscar, how Paul Heyman said. The way he portrays the tribal chief character has been amazing. And um, at the end, yes, you know, you got on Twitter and people were upset, but there's still more to the story. And, you know, Canada, like I texted you last night, I mean, they're used to not getting what they want, you know, the 1997 Montreal screw job and now this too, but I think there's more to it. Does Jay uh, go back to the bloodline because Sammy speared him um, in, inadvertently because Roman moved out of the way? Um, and there does, and if that happens, does KO and Sammy go for the tag titles? I mean, I hope to see that Jay will still be main event Jay, but go on his own and maybe um, get the championship down the road, whether it's, you know, from Cody or Zayn or somebody else, or unless you just let him fight Roman or cost him the title for the big payout. Yeah, I'm very interesting to see what they still do with the tag titles, because on the flip side, Roman is slapping and pushing Jay around too. So, I mean, Jay can't overlook that as well. And obviously you can, one could argue, Jay's got to realize that it was a complete accident. Roman moved out of the way. It wasn't intentional on Jay, but we see that story happening. So I'll go ahead. On Sammy. Um, so, on Sammy. Yeah. So I'm thinking, where do we get Solo in the in the mix too? Like I said, we didn't see him last night. I would hate to think that Jay moves on and Jimmy and all of a sudden Solo becomes Jimmy's tag team partner. And now he, they're, the, they're holding the belts. I don't see that working out very well. And a lot of people are speculating, and this is definitely somewhat setting up for it. Maybe Jay does eventually move on and, you know, get with his brother. And we see the tag team match that we've been speculating. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens taking on the Usos at Mania. But all signs are leading to Roman Reigns taking on Cody for sure in six weeks at Mania 39. What yeah. is your thoughts specifically on Cody, man? Because he's been definitely winning the, the crowd over week in and week out with those promos. and his. Do you think that he could be the next face, a true baby face of the company like a John Cena for years to come? Or do we get Roman still leading the pack? going over 900 days as the WWE Universal Champion and moving on and beating Cody at Mania. I mean, which direction is the WWE going to go? Great question, Kevin. But let's take a break, and I'll give you my answer on what I think how we're going with Cody Rhodes or Roman Reigns in the future with the WWE. And we're back on Bros. of Discussion, episode 30. And Big Kev had a really good question about where do we go with Cody Rhodes, you know? So in my opinion, you know, the majority of WWE fans or WWE uh, universe saw that Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes are on a collision to WrestleMania. And it's no disrespect to Sami Zayn and the white hot that he is right now with his storyline. But you have to think that the whole thing of Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE at WrestleMania, you know, having the matches with Seth Rollins, they were leading all the way to the Rumble, even before he got injured and tore his pec. And even uh, before The Rock, uh, rumored to possibly be uh, Roman Reigns' opponent at WrestleMania 39. I think WWE um, management 
is going to go with um, Cody Rhodes being the the one out of all the John Cena couldn't do it. Sami Zayn couldn't do it. Kevin Owens couldn't do it. Like, what makes Cody different? Why is he the one? It's just that the whole story of him coming back after having to leave for a while to basically reinvent himself and to get that title that eluded his father, the great American dream, Dusty Rose, since he was only a WCW champion, never a WWE champion, that Cody has all that momentum and that's going to plateau him to be the face because, you know, there are speculations that Roman is getting the Hollywood itch and would like to try to do what The Rock has done. And I think uh, Roman Reigns has probably been, you know, like they say, the greatest modern champion in our in our time of watching professional wrestling. And I just think he's ready to try a, a different avenue. And Cody has the knowledge and the leadership to let him be the face, to put butts in the seats, to make him the marquee, to have him as your champion and to just continue success for the WWE. Yeah, I think he has the tools for sure. And I know I hadn't been high on him. I felt like you're a hater. I mean, just pay his dues a little bit, especially coming, starting an organization. You've been gone from the company because you didn't like what they were doing. Of course, there's somebody new in charge. Yeah, I I feel like Cody can be the all-American boy, the all-American boy, just like John Cena was in a sense. And I, I can see him being the face of the company. At first, I didn't think it, but the more I'm, I'm, you know, kind of really thinking it as a whole, I think he could be, man. It's going to be fun to watch. A lot of people are saying Roman holds the title to get to that 1,000 mark, and a lot of people think Cody is. I'm real 50-50 on it, to be honest. I don't have an opinion formed right this second uh, just because I'm just trying to digest what we just saw Saturday. I think what got you to kind of believe that Cody could do this is when – you know, there's speculation that Sammy would win. And then when Sammy came to Raw, people would think are like, well, the fans turn on Cody and, you know, cheer Sammy. But like when Cody was in that ring, giving that promo, they're like, Cody, Cody. And they were still like cheering for him because he has his shot guaranteed at WrestleMania. And there could be people that are like, no, we want Sammy Zayn, just like the whole, you know, Daniel Bryan situation when, he wasn't even supposed to be in the main event. And that's what the fans wanted. And I think that's where this is a little different because these fans do love Sami Zayn, but they also do love Cody Rhodes. And I think that's why this will work. And I think that's why that pro- promo was so empowerful uh, because he's telling Sami, he's like, look, I'll, I'll fight you at WrestleMania, but you got to finish your story. Because um, you got to believe that you could beat the tribal chief, you know, prior to, you know, elimination chamber. So Cody sees the hard work that Sammy put in and that he could be a worthy contender. You could be right that Roman, they do want him to get that thousand mark. But I just don't know um, if that will happen just because I think Cody is the right choice to be the person to dethrone him, uh, to be your new uh, undisputed universal champion. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued by this now. Um, one thing that we're going to segue into right now is the WWE. There's talks coming back. Uh, Bloomberg had reported Vince McMahon wanting $9 billion, that's what the B-Boys and Girls, billion dollars for the company. Do we get this thing sold by Mania? I don't know, but $9 billion dollars. It's been said that it's roughly estimated a good true value is about $6.5 billion. Triple H even made a comment last night at the uh, press conference saying that as long as we can put on some good shows, he's fine with it being sold. So I, I was interested in how he answered that question. But it does look like things could be ramping up here. We, we have no clue who is going to be wanting to spend $9 billion. That's almost like the Dallas Cowboys evaluation. The Yankees evaluation. That's crazy money. That's monopoly money. I got your answer. Nobody. Vince never wanted to sell the WWE. You asked for an outrageous number. Would somebody pay for it? Maybe. 
But if you're saying that it's only worth 6.5 billion and he wants 9 billion, um, that's why there's billionaires and that's why there's millionaires. Um, it, I could say this even for NFL. That's why the owners are billionaires. They are not going to overpay uh, for a product if you're like, this is how much it's worth through every gate, through all merchandise you sell, even with the revenue going up and you want $9 billion? This is all a stunt to get um, everybody talking about the WWE and everything. Vince has no intention to sell. Again, and what it really does, fanboy, I didn't mean to cut you off, but what it really does allows the stock price to shoot through the roof because the stock is obviously based on what the value, the perception value is or future value is. So if they're moving from $6.5 billion to $9 billion, that stock's going to go from $90 where it's roughly at today to probably $110, $120 to get the evaluation to that. So you're right. Uh, I think it is one of those that um, news is going to drive the stock up, and that means more money potentially in Vince's pocket. Yeah, like I said, everybody's playing checkers if Vince McMahon's playing chess. Woo! So, I mean, kudos to Vince. Always three steps uh, ahead of everybody else, but I don't foresee them selling. The only potential sell, um, and we already went through that a couple of months ago, was the Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia may do that, but the backlash that it would cause, it would hurt the business more unless they do go private, like we had discussed you know, a few months back. But at the end of the day, uh, if anybody does buy it, it will stay, I believe, American and it won't go overseas. Hey, man, this past weekend, your girl Charlotte Flair, you informed me, was Woo! at Daytona 500. What do you think about that? Well, Daytona 500, opening a season, you know, um, it's springtime. Everything started. College baseball started a couple of days ago. The XFL started. Daytona, NASCAR started. And what better way than to have the 14-time women's champion the one that's heading to headline WrestleMania against Rhea Ripley to be out there and to be the host of them and say, uh, start your engines. I mean, who doesn't want to flare um, at this event? Um, because she is a marquee name, not only in WWE, but uh, she is synonymous. Just like with Ric Flair, people know Charlotte Flair in any in industry. Well, I was definitely reading some articles. She used to go, especially being from Charlotte, uh, hence her name. Uh, going to the Coca-Cola 600 there. Uh, so she has been to some of these NASCAR events, um, especially tailgating and stuff. So cool, man. That's a cool deal for her. Hey, serious question, though. When we get to Mania, we get Charlotte and Rhea. But do you feel that these two women deserve to be headlining that night one for Mania? Yes, I do. Because Rhea Ripley has gotten a lot better, um, like we have talked in the past, uh, you were getting stale on the Judgment Day because Rhea had like, injured her mouth or something. I forgot what match it was in. And you were like, ready to throw in the towel on the Judgment Day. And then when she came back, she gave them purpose and meaning. Even the fans are got behind more of the Judgment Day. And then, like I said, uh, Charlotte has a resume of a future first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and she does deserve to headline uh, night one of WrestleMania um, for the championship because, I mean, again, she is a flair. And, and in my opinion, she is the greatest woman wrestler alive. I don't think she'll ever get, you know, anybody above her. I mean, Bianca has a shot, but I still don't think it'll happen. And, yeah, I believe she should get the main event for night one, April 1st, 2023. Mania. Yeah, I know. I agree, man. I think that um, should. I think Rhea's definitely earned that. And just Charlotte is the best women's athlete in the company. I mean, you can definitely argue Bianca Belair is a great athlete, too. But just performing why um, Charlotte is is, is excellent. Uh, uh, but yeah, we'll have to see what that happens and how that shapes up um, as WWE goes Hollywood. Speaking of that, you're starting to see some parodies. We had Seth freaking Rollins do the Joker parody as they're starting to do some vignettes. I think that's pretty cool. Um, that's kind of like what they did back in the day um, with, with Triple H and the Stone Colds and, and things of that nature about 10, 10, 15 years ago when they had Mania in Hollywood. Uh, I believe it was Mania 21. 
I just remember seeing Punk coming down with that Gatlin gun out of that vehicle uh, for that Hollywood uh, show. I mean, I talked to you off air that we were going to discuss, but there's been a rumor that uh, WWE is looking to hire high-profile free agent. You know, we don't really talk much about uh, other promotions on here, but some guy named Jay White, I guess, is a free agent from New Japan. And they're saying it's not him. And speculation is saying it could be CM Punk. What are your thoughts? Have you read about that? Or um, have you not heard anything at all about a potential free agent at WWE is aiming for that's not this Jay White guy? I heard a CM Punk interview that I was going to send to you, actually. I heard it two nights ago. And it was CM Punk talking about how he has been talking with Triple H about coming back over to the WWE. But at the end of the recording, and, and this could be, I don't know, man, my mind, I didn't really investigate it much. But at the end of the recording, it says, this is not really CM Punk. This was all a lie. This is an AI uh, audio made up. So I, I don't know, man, but CM Punk would be would be big. I can see him coming back home to the WWE, uh, but there is speculation with Kenny Omega and not, you know, that would definitely be a priority over Jay White. I don't know who this Jay White is. I know who Kenny Omega is because I've seen some of his New Japan Pro stuff when Jericho had just left the company. I don't really get to see his work much, but I know it's highly regarded. He's not getting my attention until he steps into the WWE ring. I'll tell you that. If it is Kenny Omega, that would be a huge blow to AEW because I believe he's a EVP. And um, again, like I, 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 I don't know his work as well. I know they called him the cleaner because, um, like late at night, um, this was years ago. They would show like New Japan wrestling, and I'd be skipping through, and he come out with a broom. So, um, but again, if I know he's. Uh, one of the top dogs over there. He's Mimo's favorite wrestler. But if he was to come to WWE, yeah, we would have to see. And I would love to see Mimo eat crow if he did come over. Uh, but again, I don't know if uh, he could uh, do the WWE style because it is a very different style than uh, a strong style like New Japan or, you know, Impact Wrestling or the other ones. It's just a very unique style. And sometimes some... Uh, professional wrestlers can't convert to the WWE style. Yeah, WWE's on a roll, man. I They definitely have some very good things going on. They're signing new talent from college on the NIL deals. They just recently uh, signed about a couple weeks ago. We never got to talk about it, didn't bring it up, but it's not about, I think it was anywhere from 10 to 15 more athletes under an NIL deal uh, with the WWE. Basically, them giving them money. Hey, after you're done with college, you're going to come to the performance performance center when you're done with your football career softball volleyball but they're always looking for new talent because it takes a while for most talent to develop uh it takes a few years for them to get where they're at looking at another product or another you know organization pulling the best out of that you know it, it happens it happened in wcw and wwe back in the day with the monday night wars all of a sudden we saw lex luger on their show we saw Rick Rude on WCW went over from Raw. Um, just those are just some examples, but we've seen it all the time. But you definitely have to have those stars because WWE is the big times, as we talk about it. And I know you say that quite a bit, and that's the truth. You know, you want to come to the WWE. Everybody wants a WrestleMania moment, uh, even if they won't say it on air or, or or to somebody that that's what you look for is your WrestleMania moment. You know, you are correct, like you said. NXT, I still don't see it. Yes, it is developed, but I think it's more than that because as you saw, Austin Theory came up prior and it didn't work out and he had to go back down and he was with Giant Gargano on the way and he had to relearn everything or just tap into that Austin Theory character and look at him now. And it's just amazing. But to get to your question, I know sometimes I get off, off key, but what I'm looking forward to is of course, Austin Theory versus Edge, you know, for the United States title. What else is going to happen with the Judgment Day? Uh, does Bray Wyatt pay a visit to uh, Monday Night Raw since that's where Bobby's at? Does uh, 
Cody come out and Roman Reigns comes out as well. I mean, there's just so much to think what could happen on Monday Night Raw. And then, of course, on SmackDown, um, you have to see uh, if Sammy starts off the show. Um, I think the fans will still be behind him. And then, yeah, continuing the bloodline story. Does Jay confront him, you know, for that spear that he did on him inadvertently? So still six weeks away from WrestleMania. Still more story to tell to get us to the Mecca. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much what I'm looking for. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to catch NXT because I need to see where uh, Waller, he got thrown out of the building because he got in Shawn Michaels' face. And to see if now he's going to go after, I guess, the authority and things like that. And um, continue on seeing Braun Breaker just keep on improving. I mean, that man is he's dominating. Yes, money. And um, I, I, if I had to put money on it, I see him the night after Monday, uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, we don't know if it's going to be Roman or Cody, but if you, you could argue like, hey, if Roman wins, we could get the big dog coming from NXT coming up, Braun Breaker and Roman. That would be two big dogs. But at the same time, if it's Cody, that's fine too. You can play the, hey, my father was, you know, we're both second generation superstars. But yeah, man, Braun Breaker should be on that main roster this year at some point in 2023 for sure. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Gunther, man. I'm going to see where this leads to. Uh, we got, of course, on SmackDown, we should be seeing Rey Mysterio and Karrion Cross. Hopefully that gets put to an end. They're supposed to be having their match. And so lots going on, definitely, man. There's a lot of storylines. Oh, I got one more thing, too. I want to know tomorrow night if Otis... He's going to join the Maxine Mel models. You saw he got excited when she was like, we're not looking at you, Chad Gable. We're looking at Otis. So Otis has a... He has some mustard or something on his stash. What was up with that? I mean, he got excited. He, who doesn't want to be a model? You know, coming from a model, you know, oh, back in my go. 20s, I, I understand when you're in demand, it's, it's amazing. So maybe we see Otis join them. Who knows? Yeah, maybe it does happen because they put him into some silly stuff before. And I think Chad Gable, man, he's getting some props, man. I think Triple H has a lot of trust in Chad Gable. And, and maybe they start using Chad Gable a little bit more and elevating his character. You don't want to talk about your girl winning a title? Yeah. Hey, I wasn't going to mention it. I was, I was almost going to go there. But since you brought it up, we might as well. Of course, Mercedes, uh, the old Sasha Banks, did get a victory over this past weekend, the IGPW uh, championship. Uh, she did win. So, man, good for her. You know, um, if she can go get some work elsewhere over the world and and be a champion. But no, like, I, I'm just excited for the week. And for most people, tomorrow's President's Day. So, you know, if you're off, enjoy your day off. And I mean, I got to work, but. You know, that's what the territory, so it is what it is. But, yeah, just another week of uh, WWE and um, getting uh, a week closer to WrestleMania, and it's going to be here before you know it. Hey, before we get off, because as we do approach Mania, we're probably going to start getting a little spills of Hall of Fame uh, inductees. Who is the one person right now that you would hope they would announce that has been long overdue? Is there somebody that's... Well, Dave Bautista didn't get to do his uh, uh, his uh, Hall of Fame due to, I believe, like the whole shutdown of COVID. But if I had to pick somebody that wasn't already named a few years ago, I would say Stephanie McMahon because she just retired. You know, she let go uh, like that. I would put Stephanie because what she has done, not only for uh, WWE, but as a woman in power. And for the women's uh, evolution, I would induct Stephanie McMahon because without her, I don't think a lot um, would have been possible to get the women's evolution and to get the women's division of where it's at from changing them to what we grew up as, to seeing them as first managers or eye candy and then divas and then taking off the moniker diva and just respecting them. And just calling them superstars, like you call the male superstars, the women superstars. So I would say Stephanie McMahon. That's a great pick, man. I just remember her work with the ministry and DX and then Connor's Cure. I mean, she's done a lot for that company. 
And she's definitely one of those people, I feel, that you, you don't wait. You put them in immediately because of her her work. It speaks for itself. And going back to Batista, I, I haven't wrapped my head around Batista yet, but man, you can't argue his about a 10 year there. He's been on, he was on top with the evolution and then the heavyweight championship on the undertaker and just being on top for a very long time. I think Batista will definitely be in the hall of fame. But what makes him great is he started wrestling late. And I knew that was one thing that he struggled with because he didn't think he would get the opportunities because he started a lot later in professional wrestling than most WWE superstars start in the twenties. And for him to get the accolades that he got, that's hall of fame worthy. Hey, one person real fast, and I just want to get your comments because it just popped in my head floating around, that Michelle McCool might be an inductee. What do you think about that? Because she was really in a time where it was in between the Divas and in between the Evolution. She was kind of right in the middle. I felt bad for her. Um, they didn't really get much time. What's your thoughts on Michelle McCool? I think she had a decent career, and I thought it was, even though some people didn't think it was smart or disrespectful to the title but with her and Layla were just BFFs and then when they won the championship together they just broke it in half and they were a champion together but one held one half and the other I mean I thought that was brilliant because I mean they're like yeah we're best friends we're not gonna fight over it <laughs> and so they were like co-champions and you never really saw that with uh, uh you know a title you know you have some organizations that have a trio title which makes no sense to me but you know, I guess some people like a trio title, but I mean, you know, whatever. So I, I think it was unique and just different at the time instead of just having like, okay, Michelle McCool is your women's champion. They're like, no, we're the women's champion, her and, and Layla. So they definitely yeah. made the most of what they had. I don't know if I would call it a Hall of Fame career, but she's definitely a legend and she does needs to, you know, be noticed for her, you know, contributions. I don't know if you just get in there because you're married to The Undertaker, but. Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But, hey, this is episode 30. We're going to wrap things up here, guys. We're going to catch you down the road next week for episode 31. This is Big Kevin, fanboy Dave. See ya! Yeah.